Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the start of a new week here on the Believe in Blazers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Brian Wheeler. It is playoff week. The regular season is uh, completed, and uh, we have the playing games coming up, of course, in the NBA. That's uh, a new a new feature, at least uh, extended even from what it was in the bubble. But uh, the Blazers don't have to worry about the play-in. And, in fact, they know who their first-round opponent will be. The Denver Nuggets, the same team that they defeated last night to close out the regular season in fine fashion. No team was hotter at the end of the regular season in the NBA than the Blazers, winning 10 out of their last 12. And they go into the uh, postseason on a very positive note. And now they will uh, not have home court advantage, of course, against the Nuggets. The uh, series to start, either Saturday or Sunday, uh, dates and times to be determined, a best of seven. Uh, remember, these two teams had a terrific uh, series a couple of years ago that went seven full games before the Blazers won in Denver in a game seven to advance to the Western Conference Finals. And a lot of people think this series could be just as competitive. Joining us to talk about it, to preview uh, what we might expect when we get to the Blazers and Nuggets together in a game that will be a lot more important than last night's game was, is the associate head coach of the Blazers, Terry Stout's right-hand man, Nate Tibbetts. Coach, how are you? Good to see you again. Wheels, thanks for having me on. Doing good. Doing great, actually. Well, I, I, I imagine, uh, you know, everybody was talking about uh, down the stretch about avoiding the playing game so you wouldn't have to go into these uh, games where uh, a season could, could be gone and, and, in effect, one game, like kind of a, 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 a NCAA tournament-type type feel to what these games are going to be like this week uh, for the teams that are involved. So, instead, you get, to, you get a little time to rest, a little time to practice, a little time to prepare. And so quite a different feeling from what those teams are going to be experiencing from uh, what you guys are going to be experiencing now getting ready for, for Denver this week. So at least a, a little, little bit, it's a frenetic pace, I guess, anytime you get to the postseason, but not quite as uh, frenetic as it would have been had you been in the play-in situation. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to the play-in, there's not a lot of experience. Obviously, we went through it last year, and uh, it worked out in our favor, but it's something that we didn't want to have to go through again uh, when we went down to the bubble, obviously there were a lot of games that we had to win. And, uh, we did that even just to get into the plan and, you know, that extra game, uh, it matters. It's, it's mileage on your guys, especially after this year, the year that our guys have been through and just, um, the wear and tear and all the testing. And so the big break in the in, before the playoffs is is a blessing for all of us. I think it just gives everybody a chance to kind of regroup and focus on on the Denver Nuggets. I know our guys are super excited, and they should be. It was a 72-game regular season, so actually 10 less games than a normal NBA regular season. But with all those other factors you mentioned and uh, kind of the, uh, the craziness of having to adapt to uh, sports in the pandemic era, as, as everybody has had to, uh, did it almost feel, though, like it was a more uh, a more a crazy, almost uh, – um, more more eventful regular season than you might have had had you played a full 82? Yeah, I think it was more trying. I mean, I, I think, too, add on the fact that just a quick turnaround after the bubble, right? Uh, you know, I think a lot of our guys thought that we may start a month, six weeks later, and all of a sudden the season was on top of us. And once it got going, uh, it, it's just – you know, you're just trying to keep your feet underneath you and, and where you are and, and what you got next and when's the testing times. And, um, you know, as as a coach, you you hate to even say, hey, man, I'm, I'm tired because you know what the players are, are going through uh, physically. Uh, but I, I know that, you know, it was 72. And obviously, it. I think all of us are thankful that it wasn't 82, uh, but it was still 
um, a lot coming at us every day. Our Believe in Blazers podcast is uh, brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. You'll receive 50% as a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and they have uh, been so kind to bring us this edition and every edition of the Believe in Blazers podcast. Again, we're visiting today with Blazers associate head coach Nate Tibbetts. I know coaches always love to be able to have the uh, ability to practice, to uh, to make uh, positive changes from one game to the next. Uh, and how difficult was that in this pandemic era to uh, be able to get in uh, the kind of uh, preparation that you normally would have or adjustments or changes from, from game to game? I know practices were different. Even just getting together for meetings was, was different as well, right? Yeah, it, that was probably the biggest challenge. I mean, the games came night to night and, um, you know, the, the practices, the shoot arounds uh, were all different. Uh, I think, you know, us being a little bit older team, even after, you know, the second half, we hardly practiced. And, you know, we had to be smart with keeping our guys off their feet. Uh, our shoot arounds became ballroom walkthroughs. You know, it was it was a big change because uh, of the grind. And I think, you know, as a, a health and performance staff and uh, a coaching staff, we did a good job of putting our guys in position to try to stay healthy, try to be fresh as much as we could. Um, obviously, with the injuries early in the year, put more pressure on guys that, you know, had to play night after night, big minutes uh, with, with Nurk and, and CJ out. And then when those guys came back, I think you saw same some of Dame's injuries, you know, kind of catch up a little bit. And so he got some nights off. So, yeah, I think it was, um, you know, survival of the fittest. <laughs> you, we were just trying to, to make it through and we had to be really smart and uh, not do too much in the practices. And we probably watch more video than, than we typically have. Uh, just just it, it try to learn, you know, that way. And I, I think we did a good job with that. Terry said after the game last night that uh, all things considered that this might have been as rewarding a season as you guys have had uh, during your time together in Portland. Uh, when you uh, consider uh, that uh, Nurk was out for basically half a season, CJ was out for, for quite a while. He had to make adjustments. Uh, the the uh, trade deadline acquisition of Norman, uh, getting him integrated uh, into uh, the system and then having to have that big push at the end of the season to get the best playoff position as possible. So he was really proud of everything that happened. As you evaluate uh, your time here in Portland, would you agree that maybe it, it was as satisfying a regular season as you guys have enjoyed? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, coming into the season, obviously with a great player like Dame, there's always expectations. And obviously uh, we felt that we haven't probably had, um, you know, we've, we've dealt with injuries the last couple of years, obviously with Nurk and, and Zach, being out, but to have CJ and Nurk go out for such an extended time, CJ was playing at an MVP type level, you know, when he went down uh, and, and give credit to our young guys of uh, stepping up. Gary Trent did a, did a hell of a job. Anthony really stepped up when CJ went down and um, you know, those guys kind of set the table for what we were going to do the rest of the year. Obviously Dame went on a run, which we absolutely needed, but those minutes maybe early in the year helped us later, right? And um, because of the performance that that GT had 
allowed us to to make the move to get Norm, who's been a a great pickup, and uh, yeah, it's it's been extremely rewarding. Obviously, you know, there's been some negativity throughout, but uh, you know, this group always kind of find finds a way at the end, and I think we're really excited about this playoff push. I take it back about a month ago. Uh, the ball club's coming off a disappointing stretch of uh, something that really had. had just didn't happen in the past uh, losing uh, a bunch of home games in a row. You're looking at uh, your longest road trip of the season. And a lot of people are wondering about, you know, is this, is this team going to even get into the play-in situation? Uh, there were some whispers about that, but then that road trip ended up being a fabulous uh, trip and everything seemed to come together. It led to the strong finish of winning 10 out of your last 12. Was there anything that you could point to that, that changed for the better uh, to kind of bring everything together when maybe they looked to uh, bleakest uh, at, at that point coming off of that homestand? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, locally, nationally, there was there was a lot of people, a lot of questions about how we were playing, and you know, our last four home games, I think we lost a total of five points. And internally, you know, coach did a really good job. Kept talking about, um, you know, we're playing better, we're playing better, and we were playing better teams. And um, I, I I don't think there's one thing that I can can point out to, uh, I know on that road trip, you know, we had lost four in a row. We go to Indiana and the first, I don't know, uh, let's see, 20 minutes, we were just kind of trading baskets and the 420 mark in the second quarter, for whatever reason, Dame went to Malcolm Brogdon. He went, he, he made the switch. I want to guard Brogdon. And it kind of gave us a little pop uh, he set the tone. The guys bought in, and uh, yeah, it was that. That might be the moment where it kind of got the ball rolling in, in the right direction. Um, I think I had told Coach. I read a tweet somewhere. I think we were the first team ever to lose four in a row at home, and then go on the road and win four in a row. So <laughs> it's kind of like the tale of the of the season for us. But uh, yeah, we got the momentum going. Um, you know, we, we kind of established a rotation with guys being healthy and who we wanted in and who we haven't, and, it, and it's worked really, really well. Uh, to be successful, every team needs great players, of course, and it always helps if if uh, at least one of those great players is also maybe uh, the best leader on the team, and it seems like you guys have always had that with Damian, and uh, as you said, he seemed to take it up a notch during the stretch that led to the positive finish, and he always seems to be able to, to be maybe his, his biggest critic of himself uh, maybe sometimes overly so, but whatever it takes to motivate him, he seems to find whatever that magic formula is to get the best out of him and then uh, in uh, in turn get the best out of the team as well. You've been around some great players. You've been around some great leaders. Uh, where does Damian rank in those categories? Uh, number one, uh, you know, he's – I feel like we don't talk about him enough when it comes to that, but then at the same time, people also hear <laughs> how great he is. And, and you know, I, 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 you just can't overlook his, his leadership on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you know, just the term special uh, comes to mind when, when, when you think of him. Uh, just who he is as a man and, you know, how he talks to the team and his approach and, you know, what he wants to bring here to Portland. He, you know, his, he wants a championship and, and, he he uh, he brings it every day. The guys fall in line, and uh, you know we're just we're just very lucky to have him. Especially as a staff, he's a guy that you can go and talk to when you see certain things, and 
you know, he can he can talk to the young guys. He can talk to the vets now just because of his age. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're very blessed to have him. Another guy that would love to win a championship before he calls it a career, and some people wondered uh, if he had much of a career left uh, a year or so ago. But uh, Carmelo joins the club after sitting out for a lengthy period of time and uh, finds that he has plenty of basketball left. He becomes a great addition for the club. I think the great the club was a great uh, uh, addition for him. It was just a magic formula, a great uh, partnership that has uh, developed even more so this season. Uh, but what's it been like to to have a future Hall of Famer in the mix that uh, that still has something to give and uh, can and also lead by example in many respects too? Yeah, I think you used the word partnership. It was it was uh, pretty smooth sailing as as soon as he got here. Obviously, um, at that time, we really needed him last year when, when we picked him up. Uh, he had been out for, you know, over a year. So he was very eager to, to fit in. And we've got, you know, two great leaders in, in Dame and CJ. And they've had past, you know, they've, they've known him for a while. And uh, he, he's, he's just, he's fit in great. I think it was a transition for him to, to come off the bench, you know, for the first time. But I, I think he's become more comfortable with that. And anytime you get to coach a Hall of Famer and a top 10 score, I mean, that doesn't happen every day. So it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be telling my kids about someday. It's something I'll hopefully be able to tell my grandkids about that, you know, I, I, I got the opportunity to coach a guy like that. And it's, it's just really neat to see him uh, still be able to get to his spots. Uh, it's still really neat to see how the young guys react, even our guys who have been around him. I mean, those, those were guys that looked up to Mello when they were, you know, learning how to play and uh, he's still getting it done, you know, and it's a credit to him. Probably not a coincidence that uh, the great stretch of basketball to end the season seemed to occur right about at the same time as uh, Nurk got comfortable coming back from his injury and needing some time to kind of get uh, his timing back and so forth. But uh, once he started to kind of establish himself again, uh, the defense picked up uh, collectively, and it seemed like uh, his inspired play and improved play seemed to coincide with the with the team doing as well as they did during the, down the stretch too. Yeah, I think when it comes to Nurk, anytime he's on the floor and has his legs under him defensively, we're just we're just a different team. You know, he he brings a, a grit, a grind. Uh, you know, he's got elite level feet for how big a man he is. He's got good timing. Um, you know, he just protects the paint. And I think early in the year, uh, you know, the, the season came quicker than maybe he expected. And, uh, you know, he got off to a slow start and then obviously he got injured. But uh, with the injury, it allowed him to kind of get his legs under him and, and get in shape. And, you know, it's kind of like when CJ came back the first it takes those guys eight to 10 games just because we weren't practicing. And so they're just walking into live action after missing games. And, uh, you know, Nurk gives us a different element at the defensive end, but also at the offensive end with this, with this passing and his ability to play pick and roll with Damon CJ. You mentioned Gary Trent Jr. And he was uh, obviously having a, a breakout season in many respects. So it was not an easy decision uh, to include him in a deal at the deadline, but uh, to get, uh, player of the caliber of uh, Norman Powell, a, a guy who's been on a championship team. It was necessary to give up uh, Gary, unfortunately, but uh, but Norman has stepped in and uh, has been a, a regular starter almost from day one. And it seems like he's given you guys another dimension as well, and and really has again been somebody that's fit in fit in nicely in a short amount of time. 
Yeah, he just gives us a veteran presence. He knows who he is as, as a man and as a, as a player. He's very confident. He's played in big games. He competes at a high level. You know, he was a second-round pick, so he he's always got that chip on his shoulder. I think the biggest question was, is you know, can him, Dame, Dame CJ, and Norm play together? And I, they've proven that they can. Their their numbers are are really well, are you know, are very good together. And uh, even him, he's getting more comfortable how to play with Nurk and pick and roll, and how we want to defend. And you know, he's. He's uh, he's been a great addition as a guy that can can make shots at a high level, and it's always good to have that. Let's talk about the matchup now coming with Denver. As we said last night's game, really not anything to uh, to probably build off of, considering that uh, uh, the Nuggets didn't play all their regular guys for most of the night, and uh, it was a game that won't be as important as obviously every game will in the best of seven that starts this upcoming weekend in Denver. But we did see a little bit of a guy that uh, figures to be the upcoming uh, MVP in the league uh, in uh, Nikola Jokic uh, uh, and a guy that just seems to have gotten better each and every season that he's uh, been in the league and really kind of uh, stepped it up a notch when they lost Jamal Murray for the season. And it kind of, some people wondered how good Denver would be once Murray went down for the year. But I think Jokic uh, picked up his play even further, probably solidifying that MVP candidacy. But uh, how do you evaluate what he means to this club? They, they do so much of what they do revolves around him. He's incredible. I mean, he's super talented, skilled, kind of a crazy story. Uh, every summer, you know, Tim Gergerich has his, his summer camp and uh, his rookie year when he came in, uh, Coach Jim Moran and I were, were the two coaches that got to go for the Blazers and we had three or four of our guys and we always get partnered up with another team. And uh, one of the guys there was, was Jokic and he was on our team and uh, – it's uh, it's amazing how far <laughs> he's come. I had never told him last night before the game. I said, when when you were on our team, I don't know, six, seven years ago at Gerg's camp, I, I thought you had a chance to be a player in this league, but I didn't think that you were going to be the MVP. And um, give him credit. Uh, Jamal Murray and him have, you know, maybe one of the best one-two combos in the league. Jamal goes down and uh, – the Joker stepped up. I mean, he he's put that team on his back. Obviously, Michael Porter has has stepped up also. But what he's done with the injuries that they have is is pretty incredible. And um, he's just a, a, a different element. You know, not a lot of teams play through bigs anymore, and they run a ton of stuff for him. They move him around, so it's going to be a, a big challenge, obviously, on Nurk's part and on Ennis's part. But we. We're going to have to collectively as a group uh, try to slow him down. You mentioned Porter. He had a breakout season in many respects. Uh, people knew uh, from watching him last season that he was going to be a good player in this league, but he's taken things up uh, even uh, another notch this particular season and seems to be a guy that for as young as he is just plays with, with no fear. He's a very confident player, and I think he's one of those guys that's on a given night, if uh, the opponent isn't careful, he could go off for 20, 30, or 40 if, uh, if, if he gets hot enough. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an elite-level shooter. And the thing that's different about him is how big he is and his release. You have to get to him early. Uh, you, if you give him any space, it's over. You feel like every time he shoots it, it's it's going to go in. So he's going to challenge us in, in, in different areas. You know, he he's a guy that 
they move around off off pin downs, but he also does a really good job of uh, curling off of of Jokic, and he's so big, you know, Jokic will throw the late pass over the top to him, and uh, you know we're going to have our hands full trying to slow him down. What has the addition of Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline uh, meant for this club? I think it just has given him more versatility. Uh, you know, there's there's games where he looks comfortable and there's games where you can tell he's he's still trying to to fit in but defensively and uh, you know athletically what he brings to that team is i would just say uh the, the versatility he can guard three fours and fives um it'll be interesting to see how their matchups and how they match up against us as, as the series goes on but he's a guy that could move around and try to you know go guard name one possession or Coming out of a timeout, do they switch him to Nurk? You know, he, he can guard one through five. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that we're going to have to find also in transition because he's he's a great finisher at the rim. We mentioned that as we uh, conduct this interview, we don't know yet so whether the series will start on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, but uh, what in general is this week going to look like? As he said, the kind of a combination of getting some rest but also some, some good prep time. And uh, you have the opportunity now to – to be with the guys since uh, there's no travel involved yet until you know when you're going to leave for Denver. But uh, what will the week look like in terms of trying to balance everything and, and make sure you're fully prepared for game one? Yeah, I think uh, that's the, the one of the challenges of this week is, is trying to figure out the schedule. Um, I, I know that right after the game, uh, Coach Stotts and our health performance team kind of sat down and tried to, to lay something out. Today is uh, a blackout day uh, here at the facility. So, you know, um, obviously there's there's coaches and, and players around, but nothing absolutely structured. So today was kind of like, get your mind right, get your body right. And uh, tomorrow we'll probably start to dive in. And you just, you know, we need to be smart with it. We haven't practiced a lot, uh, obviously, um, but our guys are going to need to get work in. This is probably the biggest um, or the, the most spread out the schedule has been from a regular season to the start of the playoffs. And um, guys that have played 72 games are probably thankful that there is yeah. this amount of time. And the challenge for coaches is not to overdo it. You know, we aren't football coaches where, you know, we just – we can only give our guys so much. We'll give them enough. I think we, we've done a really good job of that here. But – Eventually, you know, we're going to get into our offensive focus, their plays, their personnel, and we just need to do a good job of breaking that down day by day. You mentioned the health and performance staff, and I think every team has really uh, done uh, done a lot of work in making those people on each club uh, more important than they've ever been, and probably in the last two seasons with the bubble and, and the uh, truncated season that has just been completed, uh, they've been even more important than ever. How much do you as a coaching staff depend on their advice, their input in determining how much you might want to practice, how much you might want to uh, give a player minutes at a particular game, whatever the case might be coming back from an injury? Uh, how much is their input uh, uh, necessary and appreciated, I guess, in terms of the, the planning that you need to do for some of those aspects? It's very necessary. Uh, Coach Stotts does a hell of a job leaning on those guys. Obviously, Jeff Clark has been here a, a, a long time. Um, Jess Ellis is, is our director. Uh, he's been here now for some years. He understands our, our guys. But 
that's one thing that I respect about Terry. He relies, he allows people to do their job. And, you know, Terry's got enough coming at him from a basketball standpoint uh, to have guys that he trusts on a day-to-day -day basis as far as how the players are feeling. Um, there's a lot of communication that goes on between, you know, the health performance staff and, and coach Stotts. And some coaches don't want to hear it, right? Uh, they feel like they are the, are the guys that need to make the decisions. And uh, that might work for some teams, but between the conversations between our, our, our health performance staff and Coach Stotts, I think they've done a really good job of that. So games three and four and possibly a game six of this series to be played at Moda Center and uh, the recent development of, of allowing um, some fans back into the building again, at least at 10% uh, of capacity, that uh, the possibility is that might increase. For the postseason, hopefully it will. But have you been able to notice, even just in the short amount of time that uh, that, that fans are back in the building, does it seem like the atmosphere has is, is increased uh, that much more, even by having uh, a less than capacity crowd uh, that, that has come on in? No doubt, no doubt. It was neat seeing our players run out for the first time. Obviously, <laughs> we're not out there, but we saw the video when they ran out the first time that we had a crowd, and I mean, it was. It was like they were kids in a candy store. You know, it was, uh, we're, we're, you know, it's just, it was, it's, it's been really nice. And um, the, the, the scary thing is, is even with 1900 people there, uh, as good as our crowd is, you know, it's, it's still an advantage. You know, I mean, typically our, our home, home court is, is, is off the chart. Uh, but even with 1900, it, they're still bringing it. And uh, hopefully, I know our guys would be excited if, if we could add some more fans because obviously we're, we're seeing more people when we go into some of these other arenas. Um, and it's, it, it plays a part in winning and losing. It, it, our, our guys feel the energy, and uh, it's, you know, that's what's made the Moda Center such a, uh, a good home court advantage. Lastly, Coach, uh, as we look ahead to the series, you played Denver three times. Uh, during the regular years, we said last night's uh, game, maybe not uh, a big factor when you look at something like this, but uh, when you when you plan for a best of seven series, when you're seeing the same club uh, for potentially that many times, uh, is there much different that you can add uh, to a postseason uh, uh, preparation uh, for, for games than maybe what you did during the regular season? Are there any secrets at this point in time, or, or do teams pretty much know what to expect, at least uh, at least from a, from a main uh uh, strategy standpoint from from the other club once you've seen them not only this year but seen some of the same faces for the last few seasons are there many new things that you can add at this point there isn't any secrets there's tweaks that you can make obviously you know you've been around in a, a lot of great playoff series you, you don't want to overdo it for game one right they know us we know them uh, obviously you know, you, you got to try to figure out the matchups and look at the numbers and things like that. But the real adjustments come after game one. And, you know, what do we do? What do they do? It's the funnest part of the year for me as a coach, uh, just because during the regular season, you just, you just keep moving to the next game. And uh, you talk about the game the night before, but you don't really make any adjustments because the next opponent might be completely different than the one you played the night before. And in a playoff series, you get to make adjustments, you get to watch film and, and you know, you have the ability to have a feel for maybe what's coming next. 
And so for from a coaching standpoint, it's it's a lot of fun, uh, the playoff adjustments and the approach. Coach, thanks again for taking some time out of a busy preparation week, getting set for the uh, opening round of the playoffs. Hopefully it'll be a long postseason run. But thanks for the time today. Congrats again on a great regular season. And hopefully you have a lot of games to prepare for over the next uh, month plus as we get into the playoffs. And best of luck in, uh, in having a great postseason run. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you about some big wins down the line here. Well, I appreciate it, Wheels. Always good to talk to you. Good to see you. Blazers associate head coach Nate Tibbetts joining us on this edition of the Believe in Blazers podcast. On Wednesday, one of the big Blazer fans, one of the big Blazer fan celebrity types, Kelly O'Coin of Billions will join us on the program and we'll get his thoughts on the upcoming playoff series with Denver. We're with you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each particular week, and we get you ready for the Blazers and Nuggets. By Wednesday, we'll certainly know the playoff schedule and also have a lot more to look forward to as we get set for what should be a terrific best-of-seven opening round series. I'm Brian Wheeler. Have a terrific rest of this Monday. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday for another Believe in Blazers podcast, which, of course, is brought to you in part by Bet Online. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.